You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal, and it's the stuff that works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity, let's say, arises. Now, this isn't just for guys with dysfunction. It's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance their performance in the bedroom. I have a number of friends who have tried Blue Chew and they have nothing but amazing things to say about it. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use the special promo code BILL. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BILL, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. Are you kidding me? Episode 29 already? Oh, we're on? Hello, everyone. This is Bill After, and welcome to episode 29 of the After Chat. And with me today, as always, through 29 episodes, even though I've missed one or two on my own, but I have called in or I've taped in, is my co-host, Josh Chernoff. Welcome back to the show. Great job last week. Oh, thank you. Welcome back to the show, Bill. We, we, we missed you. Well, thank you, and I miss being there. And one of the th- main things that I regretted was uh, that was the week where and I know I spoke about it a little bit, the uh, passing of my old friend, Pedro Morales. So yes. if, uh, if now have, that I'm here. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have any uh, any memories or any thoughts that you'd like to share, I think we'd love well, to hear Oh, there's it. one thing I want to say. I am ready for any kind of show, baby. Sounds good. Well, and we've got, we've got a show for you today uh, with a, a special guest, Nikita Koloff. That's going to yes, be my uh, comrade. Yeah, and we there's stuff to talk to him about, uh, the eons and eons of uh, just so many years that uh, I was both in both the wrestling business relationship with him mm-hmm. and also personal friends uh, still to today. So much to talk to him about. But the main thing is that the National Wrestling Alliance is bringing back the Crockett Cup. Yes, and we're going to talk to him all about that uh, and see what his involvement's going to be. Uh, but first, Bill, do you want to uh, grab a headlock? On headlines. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is right now one, well, a little, in a few hours, we will be uh, going on the pod waves. And we got a very interesting press release from the WWE. 
So is breaking uh, news. Yeah, breaking news right now. Roman Reigns will appear on Monday Night Raw to address his fight against leukemia. So uh, it's a who, what, where, when. WWE superstar Roman Reigns, a.k.a. Joe Noa. Uh, what update to the WWE Universe about his fight against leukemia? When this Monday, February 25th at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central on the USA Network. And where? At the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. And do you know who's going to be there in person? Uh, I, I don't know. The one, the one day to be legendary son of mine, Brandon Apter. He will ah, be in attendance. Very nice. Yes. And it's also uh, the 70th birthday of the Nature Boy. Yes, it is. Nature Boy Ric Flair will be celebrating. I'm sure Becky Lynch is going to be involved in that somehow. Oh, I, I would I would definitely think so. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, that that's, that's, that's so... It just channeled that that has to happen. Yeah. Um, so, Bill, one of the things that we had in our format that we wanted to talk about uh, that I, I don't think you can go uh, this week without talking about this guy, Kofi Kingston. Man. Oh, man. What a, what a week he has had. When I was growing up, there was a young wrestler um, who was – uh, build from the West Indies. A lot of people say he's uh, he's uh, Latin American. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is uh, Dory Dixon, and he was very similar to what I see in Kofi Kingston. When I first met Kofi, when he first started in the WWE, and I was backstage one night, I said to him, "You know what? You remind me of this guy, Dory Dixon." And he 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 uh, uh, he was really thrilled to hear this. But Kofi Kingston has been. And I'm not going to say stuck in New Day for so many years, but it's more like a comedy shtick type of angle when he is one of the prime pro wrestling athletes in that company. Do you yeah, agree? I do. But here's here's kind of the interesting thing about that. And I agree. I agree completely that he's been in and I agree not stuck, but he's been uh, involved in, in uh, a comedy uh, trio. But. If you think about beforehand, Kofi Kingston's uh, career trajectory was really like he had hit its, his peak and was on his way down. And I think a lot of people were like, well, Kofi's not really going to ever get bigger than he was. And then New Day breathed new life into, yes. into his career. And I think everybody then just kind of looked at it like, oh, wow. So we got all this more. He created a whole new legacy for himself with New Day. And one day, you know, he'll move on from it. But, you know, maybe something will happen with the other guys. But, man, I, I mean, I've loved Kofi Kingston from so far ago. But, you know, when he still had an accent. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 I think it's just um, this is a guy that the fans are obviously behind him. Um, and I think the WWE is going to really deliver um, with with him. And I don't know that delivering means I want your opinion on this. Um, what are your thoughts on he now has a one-on-one -on -one match with uh, the new Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship um, at Fastlane. I don't see Kofi Kingston winning the championship. I see some sort of screw job with Eric Rowan involved. Mm -hmm. And then... 
perhaps Eric Rowan is banned from ringside at WrestleMania. So and that's the big one for Kofi. Yeah, and that's what I'm wondering is like I feel like that is such a uh, turning whatever plans they have on it on its head. Like I I think they did not anticipate Kofi Kingston being involved in the no. WWE title picture at WrestleMania and no, and, and he but, may not be, but I think he should be. I remember they talked about weeks ago you and I were talking about they said uh, it's going to be a new day, actually, in the WWE. They were going to change a lot mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. Well, if this is the first wave of what the change is going to be like, uh, I'm very psyched. Just uh, the excitement of the maybe 15, 20 minutes that he put in against Daniel Bryan in the Elimination mm -hmm. Chamber, I was I was standing standing in front of my recliner. That was yeah, so and, exciting. And, and here's here's the weird thing about that. Like, all of this happened because Mustafa Ali got injured. And that's why Good Kofi. Point. That's why Good Kofi point. was put in. And so I'm going to step. I'm, I'm going to step back a little bit from the WWE and giving them. I don't want to give them too much credit for the for their new era, uh, because I don't think they had any intentions of ever doing anything like this with Kofi. I think what happened was Kofi. Uh, they gave him that spot, and the internet started blowing up with, "Oh my God, give him the title." Give him the title, you know? And I think it's great that they didn't. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's it, it, it worked out beautifully. But why Kofi? Why, why did they... You know what I'm saying? I, He's part of the part of the New Day group. So why why not someone who is... Uh, I'll bring up somebody else from uh, NXT. The reason I think they went with Kofi is fan favorite high flyer. I think that was it. They're just like... Oh man, we lost Mustafa Ali, who the crowd's really behind, and he's going to do all these amazing high flying moves. We need another high flyer, but we want somebody. You know, we don't want to just grab someone from Two Hundred Five Live. We want to grab someone that that the fans we know they're really behind. And I think the WWE thought of it as the fans would be like, "Cool, Kofi Kingston, he's going to do some fun spots, like they think in the Royal Rumble." You know, yeah. like no yeah. one ever looks at Kofi Kingston when he says, "I'm be I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble." Nobody goes, "Oh man, maybe he's going to win this thing." No, they instantly go, "Oh, I wonder what type of stunt he's going to do to not get eliminated." You know, or or what they could have done, and this is one of our topics uh, regarding NXT, they really could have, and this was a surprise when I was a kid, they always brought in this guy you never saw before, and it was like, this guy's probably going to be a bum, and then and then he wins, and that would have been Ricochet. He would have been somebody who would have really been uh, almost an unknown and made overnight yeah, I hear your phone ringing. I, I hope, I think this is a great time to just say that I really hope for whoever's calling that you have SmartHold. SmartHold is one of our sponsors here on the After Chat. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about SmartHold. Are you a That's business a owner? Okay, yeah, well, that, I thought that would be very smart of you. Oh, I see what you did there. Are All you right, a business owner or office manager? <laughs> Do you have message on hold? If so, how much are you paying? If you're paying more than $35 per month, you are paying too much. Do yourself a favor. Check and see how much you're paying. If you aren't using SmartHold as your message on hold provider, you are simply paying too much. For only $35 per month, SmartHold gives you unlimited message changes, pro voice talent, and best of all, no contracts. Go to smart-hold.com. That's smart dashhold.com for more information be smart get smart hold and bill and by the way be smart and don't spell out the word dash yeah i i feel confident that our after chatters 
Got okay. That. Uh, so so kind of shifting gears from we were talking about uh, Kofi and you mentioned the NXT guys. Um, so well, I, I mentioned Ricochet uh, because we were talking about you know that high flying guy and all that. But mm-hmm. can you imagine if they brought him in? Uh, as a mystery that night and some of the fans there are going to go like oh who is this and he becomes like uh, oh gosh what's a good thing like when when John Cena showed up on uh, on Raw the first time yeah I mean just like a kind of overnight sensation yeah. but yeah yeah you know yeah. what though uh that would have been better for ricochet than the debut they actually gave him um except then the next night on smackdown they did a, a much better job of them uh i well, felt go back go back because the debut they did with him mm-hmm. now that we're getting into this to me was uh it just it was very average and then his interview uh afterwards on the pay-per-view was i was waiting for somebody to come and attack him yeah, here's the th- here's here's my issue with this whole bringing up the NXT guys. Um, it looks a lot like the NXT guys are just going to be on every brand, which is a little confusing. And I I've been waiting from the beginning of the brand split to see this happen, and and it has happened. I mean, the brand split is slowly disappearing. Um, just like it did last time, and everybody knew this was going to happen because the WWE can't commit to anything. Um, you have the women's cha- the women's tag champs are now defending on all brands. You have NXT guys popping up. You have the previous well, NXT people popping up. Be, I thought there was going to be another uh, um, draft type of situation coming up. Oh, there's going to be. It doesn't yes, mean, but they yeah. did the draft for years yeah, after yeah, they had already abandoned the uh, the thing. Like it doesn't matter. There's nothing special about a brand split when everybody's when you have people who can just jump all over the place. Because if that's the case, then here's my question for you. If the the women's tag champions can defend on all brands, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing. But why then is there a raw women's champion, SmackDown women's champion, a universal champion, a WWE champion? Yeah, I mean, I to me. I would actually be happier if you had two very separate brands and had champions either for specific like they did back in the day, which was U.S. is on one, Intercontinental is on the other, which they're still doing. But tag team champions can go between brands and world champion can go between brands. And I think it's just they they get kind of lazy with it. you know. Josh, I think anyone should be able to go – into either brand and the reason being it's more exciting for the viewer to watch a show when he doesn't really know who's going to show up on that show that yeah, but then week. that's not a brand split it doesn't need to be a brand split well no then well then that's two different conversations because a brand it, split if you're having a, a brand split then you're acting like it's two separate companies in which case no they shouldn't be able to jump back and forth Otherwise, what you're talking about is basically just having two shows and you don't know yeah, who's going to be on the show. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I mean, they, I, they I think... It can be titled two different days, two different ways, Raw and SmackDown, but talent should be able to just show up on either one. Yeah, that's the way it used to be in the beginning. Yeah. And I, th- I think that maybe this brand split has just been kind of awful because, again, they don't commit to it. They never made the shows different enough. The well, only big difference is that SmackDown is a tolerable show that has some pretty interesting creative on it. And Raw is atrocious. So with the occasional good segment. Remember, this is Josh's opinion here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I I, 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 I think yeah, it's most Raw people's opinion. 
raw is hard sometimes for three yeah. hours. But I want to get I want to get onto while we're talking about the NXT people. Mm -hmm. You bring out a monster like Alistair Black, right? And you're waiting to see him really go to town on somebody, and then he gets killed the whole match by. Elias. Yeah. On there, and there was no chemistry between the two. And I love Elias and Alistair Black. Just I some, do too. Some and people the, the don't have chemistry and they didn't. No, but but it, it wasn't that. It was the thing was that the the new guy, Alistair Black, who there are a lot of fans that don't have the WWE network. They don't know who he is. Right. So bring him in and have him monster kill somebody. Don't yeah. put him in with Elias. I mean, they did a much better job with him the next night as well. And it, that's the thing. It just felt so rushed. And, and here's one of the, I like, disagree. Like, wait, wait, I disagree. I don't think they did a much better job the next night. I think it was okay. I well, I'm not saying they did a great job. I'm saying it was much better than raw. And also you have two guys. Now you have Alistair black and Ricochet. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when their matches were very uh, close to each other, that they both do that, uh, that flying dive thing. Oh, like the, one match the bounce off the, uh, yeah, and it's just, yeah. You know, one guy to do that on the show is plenty. I think that's a great point. And I think that that's something that can be expanded upon to the entire roster where you have people doing the same moves. And it's just, you know, it, it there's a lot of oversaturation, a lot of uh, showing that things haven't been thought out, in my opinion. But um, I have issues as well with, with the fact that, you I mean, you just brought up... Um, you just brought up EC3. You just brought up the the um, uh, what are, what are their names? Otis and Tucker, whatever. Um, and and all of a sudden it's like, okay, take a back seat, take a back seat because we have these other people now, right? Like it's it's yeah yeah I, I see what you're saying, but I, I mean just all of a sudden think... no 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 it's like they made this big deal. We're bringing up this NXT talent. A couple weeks later, it's like guess what? We're bringing up four more NXT talents. And let me ask you, what did EC3 do last week? Yeah yeah I know. So no, I agree with I agree yeah. with that. But what I'm saying is, uh, and this is a, a strong statement that I would rarely make publicly, but I don't think the way they presented the NXT talent on either show was a way to really get the public really, really excited about them. No, I, I, I don't think so either. And I think that it's, it's a shame because you only get a first impression one time and uh, not that anything was bad, but again, it, they also, it was very transparent to me that this was supposed to be a quick fix. It was like, oh, people loved halftime heat. Let's bring all those guys up and do whatever. So they put DIY back together. They have Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Champa, and they bring the they bring those guys in, right, to beat the revival. Who, after fighting and fighting and fighting, finally the revival gets this opportunity. They win the tag titles, and the next week they lose to these guys from NXT. And that's not a knock on. The guys from NXT, but these are your tag champions. Oh Why? yeah, you, you you don't do that. That's number one. Number two is again, I'm going to say this is that that audience there in person, mm -hmm. I would bet you more than half of them, maybe even three quarters, didn't know who these guys were. Yeah, but that audience also, they even for the people they did know, they were not. They were sitting on their hands. No, I know, I know that, but I'm just saying there's a large part of these the audience that doesn't know who these people are. Mm -hmm. So. No, absolutely, absolutely. But now, but shifting gears to something else, Bill, 
Um, so a lot of people could be wondering what's uh, what's going on with these NXT guys. Are they being called up? Are they whatever? But it's starting to look like it could actually be a, a real call up for at least like a Johnny Gargano because he just dropped the uh, the North American Championship to Velveteen Dream. One of my favorite performers, by the way. Yeah. Who who has been here with Leo Rush down to After's Alley. I love to name drop this the dr- the dream, kind of stuff. The Dream does not remember that. Uh, he does remember that. No. I saw your tweet. Yeah. Did but, you get my reference with that tweet? I did. I okay. Did. Anytime, However, anytime they bring up anything, for people who don't know what we're talking about, anytime they have brought up uh, on NXT TV um, Patrick Clark uh, and they talk about him being on Tough Enough – they had that thing where the dream. He's like, he's like, the dream does not remember that. Of course, uh, I, yeah. I got so it. that was the that was the joke. Um, I got it. But I'll but tell yeah. you something. Whether they're going to be regulars on Raw and SmackDown, I don't know. I I think they're going to pop uh, for a while. They're going to pop in and out of uh, everywhere. That's mm-hmm. just the way I'm seeing this. And <laughs> we all keep going back to an invasion angle, but Triple H made this official that they're they're here and then shane brought them in uh shane triple h the second night for smackdown so i have a feeling they're just going to uh spot these guys in and out of uh raw and smackdown and not give them a specific brand do you think that they missed the boat on something potentially really big like i know they they and this is part of the problem with this new era um, it was such a knee-jerk reaction to bad ratings where they came out, oh, we'll now all be in charge of all of the, you know, the whole McMahon family's in charge of every brand and blah, 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 and whatever. Do you think that maybe they missed the boat with bringing all these NXT guys up? They had Stephanie running Raw. They had Shane running SmackDown. Couldn't they have done a great thing with Triple H as the, as the face leader of NXT, of that brand coming in saying, this is the best brand that gets the least exposure and NXT is invading Raw, NXT is invading SmackDown and that could have been huge and they just missed that. I agree. I agree. I love that idea. Yeah. And I could see, and Triple H is the the guy, the the face of that company that could put that over so strongly. I totally agree, Josh. Well, I right. missed missed opportunity for the WWE could have been their, so the new too. NWO, but I think uh, so too. So speaking about the NWO, um, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, not as Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh, in the news. The big news is that Netflix is uh, doing a biopic on him, not a documentary, a biopic on him, and uh, not going through the days of. Uh, the Gawker scandal mm-hmm. or anything like this, but just about Hulk Hogan, the real American. And uh, uh, Thor has been picked. to yeah, Chris you Hemsworth. Uh, Aqu- Th- Aquaman. Was it? No, no it Aquaman? wasn't Aquaman. He was Thor. Thor. No, Thor. you're right. He right. was Thor. And, uh, yes. Can I just take for one second? That was an amazing transition that you just did there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank I you. was I'm, really I'm impressed the... by that. But anyway, back to what you were saying. Yeah, uh, Thor... But, is, but uh, I, I also could have seen uh, Aquaman playing Hogan, but uh, hey, I, who knows? Maybe he'll be playing somebody else in the, uh, you know, because they're going to need a bunch of these jacked up guys to be playing. Yeah, but now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So let's bring something interesting. WWE brought Hogan back, but in Saudi Arabia, 
They've mm-hmm. still, no matter what they say, they've still kept their distance from him. Oh, sure. Now, WWE is also working with Netflix to produce some projects. Well, I heard that they were working on a Vince McMahon movie. Right. So what I'm trying to say is now, even though they're different production companies, mm-hmm. the mothership that they're going to land on is all Netflix. So I wonder now if this is going to bring WWE more into bringing Hogan back onto their regular shows more often on the TV shows. If nothing else, at least just to promote, I'd assume whatever's going on, if they're associated in any way. And, you know, it's interesting. They have, you know, we talk about uh, Thor being playing Hulk Hogan. Um, If there's anything that I, I think could be learned from Marvel movies and from DC movies, DC has this this great television franchise, which I know you you've been a fan of uh, some of their shows. Arrow, um, uh, Smallville, yes, yeah. So I mean, well, Smallville's a, a different. I loved Smallville, but that's kind of outside of the, uh, the I, canon, if you will. Yeah, but but no, but something like Arrow and uh, the Flash and and any of those. Um, <clears throat> but then when it came time for the DC movies, there's no connection. There's different actor playing Flash. There's different, you know, there's no connection. Whereas Marvel has just seemingly rewritten how you do uh, comic book movies because everything's connected from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show, to, you know, and some of the Netflix shows are connected. Some of them aren't. Uh, The ones that aren't, people usually complain about. The reason I bring this up is if they're planning to do a Vince McMahon uh, movie, I think it could be kind of neat if whoever's going to play Vince McMahon at that time period, at that age, when they're going to be in the Hogan film and vice versa, Hogan, you know, you can't do a Vince McMahon movie without having uh, the Hulk Hogan character in oh, there. Oh, of course. So, I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I think same actors yeah. and, and let them kind of be connected, let them intertwine, you know? But maybe I'm overthinking what what they're willing to do. I mean, this is a company that blew it on the the NXT invasion. But just the fact that after all the negative things that happened with uh, Hulk Hogan, who was our guest on the first three episodes, well, two. First two episodes and then a third episode, yeah. Of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Of course. But uh, just the fact that they're contemplating doing this when there might still be a little backlash going on, uh, negative backlash going on. I mean, this is... This is great. I'm glad it's happening for him. Yeah. So am I, you know, I think we've reached a point now where uh, the dust has settled and the people who have chosen to forgive him uh, or chosen to just move on, even if they're not forgiving, but just, okay, hey, let's move forward. Uh, those people are kind of set. And the people who are not going to forgive him, and I'm not saying they're wrong not to, but the people who are not going to forgive him uh, are not going to forgive him. And we're moving forward. So I think that, I mean, at some point in time, you have to move forward. And the WWE made a decision to bring him back. And whether that's popular or unpopular, it was a decision that was made. The same way that people questioned us having him on the show. You know, it's whatever it is, you know, you got to live with it. It's we made a decision. We we own up to that. People who are doing this Netflix show, they've made a decision. They're owning up to it, and it and it is what it is. And I think that uh, you know, like I it's said, it's gonna from, do great, Josh. Yeah, it's I think it's gonna be great. great. I think it's gonna be really, really interesting. And then also, let's not forget, um, they've made really entertaining films about serial killers. 
you know, and I think we should all be able to agree that without excusing anything Hulk Hogan may have said, you know, a really popular Ted Bundy uh, film, like, I, I don't think you can really compare you know, Hulk Hogan to, no, no, to that. No. So, so it's one of those maybe things where King, we're talking, maybe King Kong Bundy. Right. So it's, it's one of those, those things where you have to look at it and say, um, you know, people were, were in thrall. I mean, look at the OJ Simpson, uh, you know, uh, uh, TV, the, the TV film or whatever it was, you know, the, the miniseries that came out, people were enthralled with that. So I think that there's an audience that's going to be able to say, like, even if they're just, oh, I, I, you know, Hogan did this, Hogan did that. Hey, I'm still interested. Would love to learn. All right, this let me ask you a question, please. Let me ask you a question. Open cat, open casting. Who do you want to play? Who would I want to play? That's correct. Oh man, thinking back at that time, uh, God, I don't. Um, that's a great question. I'd have to think about that. Why don't we that. put it out there for the after chatters? Who they want me to play? No, they want <laughs> who they who they would play. You um, come up with an. Oh, answer I thought you were going story. because I I'm a uh, a a well established actor. But that so. was uh you know I'm a. I've got my AWTV yeah. nominated uh, actor. Um, I, I, what's I already that? picked my part. Who I want to play? Who do you want to play? Jimmy Hart. Okay. You know who I, I want to play? You know who I, baby, the holster loves you, baby. You know who I, I want to play? play I want to play Bill Apter. Oh, okay. You can do it. You, uh, <laughs> you got too much hair. Uh, well, I can, you know, I'm sure I can wear it. All right. Let me say something about that. Not about the hair. Okay. But people are asking me, <laughs> I got comments, you know, who's going to play me? I was, the only thing that I was, other than we put him in the magazines all the time, and I knew his mother really, really well. I was very close to the family. When Stallone's office called the magazine office and they were looking for a certain type and they had said that, you know, they had heard about this Hulk Hogan guy. Do you have pictures of him? And I said, I have pictures of him, but we also have pictures of some other guys who look like they might be this type. And the other guy that I recommended was superstar Billy Graham. Right. Eventually when it all happened, Hogan got the part on his own merits, but people right now are like, Oh, after got him the part, I didn't get him the part. Well, here, I just helped put the key in the in the ignition. Yeah, and here's here's something that uh, the fans would kind of have to understand. And and look, nothing would be cooler than to have somebody uh, portraying you in in this film. But uh, even just, I mean, I would love just a little uh, shout out, even if it's it's a, a cameo thing. If they had somebody made to look like you holding a camera at ringside, you know, would be a fun yeah, thing. Yeah, or or somebody's. Um, or somebody playing Stallone, you know, uh, you know, get after on the phone, you know? Yeah, but what I will say is this. Uh, the track record of how you were left out of Man on a Moon, oh. um, I, I, <laughs> if, if that's that any hurts. indication, I don't think you're going to be featured in this film. Because if you couldn't be featured in the film that you were without you, I'm not sure that film even would have ever existed. Um, that's, you know, that's a tough one. So hopefully... Hopefully, uh, they'll at least have somebody at ringside who looks like All right. you. Uh, in other news, Ty Dillinger has told the WWE he does not want to stay there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew it was not friends with. I'm not. You know, I'm not name dropping over here. Um, 
but I crossed paths with him when he was Sean Spears in OVW. Um, and always thought he was a, a great talent, but the reason, and, and was always confused when they first brought him up to the, I, I want to say it was the ECW brand. Um, and he was like, then Gavin Josh, Spears. Josh, you said you want to say it, say it. What? You just said, I want to say it. Oh, Bill. Go ahead. Keep um, <laughs> the editor in me. Okay. So I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to but respond Sean, to that. Sean Spears. Yeah, so Sean Spears, and then they brought him up with like Gavin Spears or something like that. And I remember from the beginning, because I was watching as he was doing some great stuff as the TV champion down in OVW at the time, and then he gets called up, and I just was like, man, they really are misusing this guy, missing missing the, the boat on him. And then he was gone, and then it was really, I was, I was you know, I had heard about this Ty Dillinger, um, and when I finally saw who it was, I was like, oh man, wow, I can't believe that. He's working for NXT. And again, I'm like, man, he's just kind of like a jobber. He's not really doing anything. And then this whole Perfect Ten thing really picked up, and he became something there. And then he moves to the main roster, and that same thought of just like, okay, finally they're going to do something. And then nothing with him. One of the things that I think, first of all, the guts that it takes to say, I went out from the WWE and I know how long this guy has been working to get there and to get to a, a spot. And he finally had reached a point now, you know, that he has an action figure, he has a t-shirt, he's he's well known by the fans, even if he's not being, you know, well represented in the ring. But for him to basically look in the mirror and say, I'm I'm better than this. I can do more. I have more to well, give. Did you, did you see that Cody Sent well, that, out a uh, very encouraging tweet yes. to him. Yeah, because Co- he basically is doing what Cody did, you know, uh, betting on himself. But speaking, but I was going to to bring Cody into this because what a lot of people don't know, and I'm sure it's kind of starting to make the rounds of the internet, <clears throat> is that uh, he and Cody not only are they very close friends, but they were a team in OVW. Then they feuded in OVW. They have a long relationship uh in the business and personally uh as friends so no that doesn't mean just because you're friends with cody rhodes you automatically have a job with aew however a guy who's been underutilized but had a great uh fan you know a a a fan uh, response to everything that he was doing even if he wasn't getting the you know quote-unquote push um he has a loyal fan base he does have uh, recognition, even if it's not going to be the, the same name, Ty Dillinger. Um, I personally think with no relationship with Cody, he would be a great get for AEW. Oh, I, I agree. I um, agree. Totally. With the relationship with Cody, I couldn't imagine it wouldn't happen. And if he was released, which we don't, we know that he asked for it. We don't know if he was actually granted his release. But if he was granted his release on the day that he asked for it, uh, his 90-day no-compete would expire a couple of days before Double or Nothing. So Yeah, yeah, great point. So read into it what you will, but yeah. What do you what do you think about this, Bill? Like you've you know, you've seen, you know, you were you were right there at ringside during the Monday Night Wars and you saw stuff like this. All of these people who have either been rumored to or have, you know, we know Adeo Atami and you know, um Dean Ambrose not resigning, but these people who've asked for their release. Um, does WWE, is WWE starting to look more like a sinking ship? And I, and no, it's not going no, out of business, no, but no, you know what I mean? No, no, 
No, absolutely okay. not. Uh, it, the grass is always greener on the other side. AEW will get a lot of these guys, and they'll do great mm -hmm. uh, in AEW. WWE will if really look at what you and other people say when you say, is the WWE a sinking ship? WWE is a massive corporation that because they might lose even a lot of talent, they're not going to be a sinking ship. They're, they're always going to be the major force. Will I, someone like AEW step up and become an equal major force in a few years? That's a possibility. That's a possibility. But are they a sinking ship? No. Um, in the, I want to say it was the. Then say it. I, I, well, I'm, <laughs> I want to say, but I'm not sure if it's it's right or not, but. Um, I believe the January episode of So Says Chernoff is available now on demand Fight TV. I had a segment in there um, called Chernoff Soapbox. And in that segment, I addressed exactly what you're talking about, that people say, oh, it's this gigantic corporation. It can't go out of business or anything like that. One of the things that I mentioned was people are so focused on ratings. Ratings don't really matter uh, as much as you know, you can look at something like uh, attendance. And one of the things I pointed out was if AEW chose to run in the same city within a couple of weeks of WWE, if AEW proves to have a really strong brand, there is a chance that people are going to say, okay, well, where should I spend my money? Now, you're going to have these diehard people that are going to stay you know, they're going to know Raw. Raw is a brand. Raw is coming to town. That's where they're going to go. I don't know what this AEW thing is. But it wouldn't be the first time that, yes, I understand WWE is way bigger than it was back in, you know, 95. But they were not in a good place when Nitro yeah, but Josh, started. Josh, uh, attendance is not the key to their business anymore. Not the key <laughs> to their business, but we saw what a quiet crowd did to the energy of raw on monday what about no crowd you know no I mean, that's not that's not going to happen it's not going to happen okay it yeah, happened to tna happen. it happened to wcw it's, started right, you know but th exactly but none of them are wwe and never were okay well, look, i don't think they're going to go out of business but i i think that the WWE should be paying a lot of attention to the fact that if a reputation starts to become uh, the WWE doesn't know how to present these guys, AEW does, even if that's not true, if that's the reputation, if that's the appearance, that's going to hurt them. I think WWE well, is got, really going to have to step up. We've got to see where AEW is going to be seen. Right now, mm -hmm. AEW is seen on pay-per-view. We, we, we've got to wait and see what pieces unfold here we've got right. to wait and see if aew gets major television and then starts drawing people in because yeah, a lot no, of people right. who are hooked no matter what you say or people say how bad wwe might be that still wwe is their brand period the end i agree i agree and i don't think wwe is going to go out of business but i do think that wwe um i think there are going to be a lot of changes uh if, if they don't start making other changes and you look at things like pyro being gone, you know, that was a cost cutting measure, not because they were, not because they were going out of business, but because they looked at it and said, Oh, we could spend oh, our course. money elsewhere. But well, they play the music louder from the uh, entrance names now. So it's, 
Well. All right. Um, so that's Josh. I, I have to actually get on the road shortly here. Okay. Uh, well, be- so, but before we go, yeah. before we go, uh, because I have to get on the road because we need to talk to Nikita Koloff. Yeah. And I need to get into my comfort zone down in Afters Alley to hook up and connect with him. All right. You, you'll you be there too, I assume. Well, of course. Of course. Of course. But the the last thing that I want to talk about on our, on our headlines here, if it makes no sense to people, we're taping this at um, 7.40 on Thursday night. Yes. Correct? correct? I've had nothing to eat all day. We still want to talk to Nikita Koloff, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, I, I guess, what's the word? Hangry? Uh, <laughs> Are you getting hangry? I'm getting hangry. I've had nothing oh, to eat. Like the whole, I I did have a handful of Snyder's of uh, so, Hanover pretzels. Here's what people here's what people don't don't know about about Bill. Bill so is he's drawing this out. Bill is the the uh, while we always say you know the nicest guy <laughs> in wrestling, and that's not that that's not a work that, that that's a shoot as they say. But Bill also ha- can have a tendency to be the like a Snickers commercial. Where you see that where you know they're like you're not you're not yourself right now you're not yourself and then he just just give him a Snickers bar and Bill go no, back no. to being Bill Hershey's but. dark chocolate or okay. oh you going on a on a fruity adventure fruit adventure Tic Tacs <laughs> but before we get to our interview with one of my favorite people in the whole universe and I don't mean the WWE universe I'm talking about you know all that stuff that's out there. Um, they have announced that they're bringing back the uh, uh, the the Dusty Rhodes the classic. Yes, the, the tag, tag team, team classic. Tournament. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah, that I think Dusty's be, name stays alive. I think that'll be really cool. I'm glad that that's a tradition that that really seems to be sticking, and uh, it's always oh, always been wait, entertaining. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm it's waiting. The Dusty Rhodes classic, right? Yeah. So don't you think that the Young Bucks should be entered in this or or Cody and 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 uh, Ty Dillinger. Oh my! Hey, come on! We're throwing <laughs> ideas around here. That sounds good. Hey, that I did sounds- hear. I did hear that uh, the Bucks were offered a uh, like invasion storyline uh, to come into WWE, and they turned it down. I heard the same thing. We don't really know because none of us were there. But uh, I I think. An AEW invasion at the right time and the right place would be as big as the NWO invasion was. I I think that they are a good five years away from it having any any weight to it. You know, you have to build up one brand. Oh, for of course, people to want to of see course. That, but, and I don't, I don't. I don't see it happening either, but man, there are so many things that I didn't. Well, maybe see we happening. have to check and see if they bought tickets for a MetLife Stadium. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll have you check into that. Or, do, or um, did they? Or did they get comps? I don't know. Um, Bill, would you like to introduce this interview that we're going to do right now? Well, again, as I mentioned, one of my favorite people who came to life in Jim Crockett Promotions and had one of the greatest in-ring careers of anyone in the world of professional wrestling. And when he got out, he got out. He didn't come back. He didn't return. And uh, he will make his presence known again uh, 
soon at the Crockett Cup that is being revived by the National Wrestling Alliance. So right now, let's go to Josh and I interviewing the one and only Nikita Koloff, comrade. First of all, welcome to the After Chat. And, you know, I've interviewed you a, a zillion times, and there's still always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you were back when you first started as the Russian nightmare. Uh, I had never seen anyone in years take, uh, a, t- just take a character like this and become so almost overnight successful. Tell us a little bit about the background of how Nikita Koloff came to be born. Well, a great question, Bill. And, 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 and again, you and Josh, both thank you for, for having me on the podcast. Oh, I really uh, consider it a great, a great honor uh, and the opportunity just to share a little bit of my story. And, you, you know, it's been amazing over the years. I look back on it and, and many, many people, once I shared this story with them, they're like, they just kind of blown away by it. Cause they're like, wait a minute, it, no training, no background, no upbringing in wrestling, no dream of growing up being a wrestler, but yet, you know, this door of opportunity opened up for me in 1984 centered around the whole Olympic games in Los Angeles. When the, when the Russians, the dirty Russians boycotted the, the games in LA and, uh, and the persona being cast to be in those games. But because of, uh, because of the, the lack of participation by the Russians, um, I was able to, turn professional under the guidance of Uncle Ivan Koloff and, uh, and, and launch a professional wrestling career. Now, on that note, that's part of the storyline, but, you know, the history behind it is, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, passionate about professional football and, and on that path to play it when the Road Warriors, uh, Animal and Hawk got into the business. Animal was a longtime friend. I actually recruited him into out of high school to play college football with me really and we became uh, i did and yeah i i I still i can vividly see the day his mom and dad and him and he came to the campus to visit the campus and i was given the tour and uh that's the first time we had met but got to fall i fell in love with the family they fell in love with me and became one of their prodigal sons and uh, became a fourth son for them and uh and convinced Joe to, to come to play football with me. And so we did. Uh, and then he left college and went into pro football. I, re- I continued my college career, graduated. And, and it was about two years after I graduated college that he had called me and said, here's the storyline. Are you interested? And I said, do they know I have no professional training no amateur wrestling background. I've never stepped in the ring and hit a rope, a ring rope. And uh, they said, yeah, I told them. And I said, well, what would I need to do? And he gave me Jim Crockett's number. Yeah. They called his promoter in Charlotte. And uh, the rest of the story is I called him, had a five-minute conversation, sight unseen. Because in those days, you know, you're not sending pictures through your text messages. You know, it's just right. sight unseen. And I made sure he understood. I had no training. He just gave me a date to be in his office with my head shaved. And I showed up the day he said to be there. And that's the day Nikita Koloff was born, June 4th, 1984. Wow. Did you know, did, 
did he test you out on doing the accent? No, no, nothing. We all he tested me on was he said he said take your shirt off. I thought well, that's kind of weird, but okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I walked in, keep in mind I was in probably the most physical peak performance. I graduated college, was training for pro football, spending about eight hours a day in the gym. When I walked in his office that day, I was 285 pounds with 8% body fat and a 34-inch waist. And, and he took a look at me and said, wait right here. He walked out, walked back in with two guys. Now, I didn't know who they were. That was my first introduction to Don Cronodo and, and Ivan Koloff. They were the world tag champions. And he literally said, Don Cronodo, Ivan Koloff, take a look at your new partner. And, wow. and see, part of the story, Bill, was I don't speak any English, right? I'm just off the boat, so I don't have to yeah. worry about an accent. Right. And, and so we, they were doing interviews that day. So they literally said, okay, you don't say a word. Put, Ivan put your chains around his neck. You keep that shirt off. Stand there. Every interview they do, it just look mean. I go, okay, I can do that, I think. And, uh, and, uh, and I get paid? Okay. Um, and really? so we did. Yeah, we did hours of interviews, and when we finished up, Jim Crockett said this, being Raleigh, North Carolina tomorrow night, you're going to wrestle on television, having never been in a ring. Really? Yeah. And and who was it? Who did they put you up against? Do you remember? Well, he went on to be – I do. That's a funny story, too. I went on to – he went on to, to be known as Barry Horowitz. Ah. Uh, but at that time, he was known as Bret Hart in in uh, in the NWA, not yeah. not the Bret Hart of Canada, just you know. But um, I didn't know that. And, I did yeah. not know that. I never. Heard I that saw before. him. Yeah, yeah. But he was Bret Hart in in the NWA, and then he went on to New York and became Barry Horowitz. But uh, the funniest part, I think, of that story, I saw him two three years ago at an at an autograph signing. And uh, what was interesting is uh, I pulled him aside. I said, hey, "I got a question for you." He's like, "Okay." Uh, and he's like, uh, I go, did you ever know uh, that night I stepped in the ring with you that I had never been in a ring before? And he goes, nah, they kind of left, they kind of left that uh, bit of information out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, probably a good thing for you on your part. <laughs> that was it. And, and 11 seconds later, I had my first win in professional wrestling on television in front of a sold-out crowd. And who was at that point, because you know I was there all the time, uh, but my memory doesn't uh, serve me right sometimes. Was that under uh, Dusty at that point as the booker? No, Dusty Dusty had not come in as the booker yet. Um, right. In fact, I'm not even, I was so new to the business, I didn't even know what a booker was. But, um, right. um, at that, but, but he was there, King Kong Bundy. I mean, it was the Stan Hansen. It was the who's who of wrestling. They were doing four special hours of TV taping, and I was on hour number three. So, And they showed me in the dressing room how to lock up, how to tie up, and, and, and a couple basic things before I went to the ring. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So little by little, um, you started becoming one of the most feared as we used to say in the magazines, one of the feared men, most feared men in professional wrestling. And I have to tell you something. When we showed pictures of you in the magazines also, the fans were like, you know, this guy looks awesome. So as you were going on, you kept taking care of yourself. You kept learning. Who were the people that taught you mostly um, all the ropes as you were going on and learning? 
Well, I have to give. I mean, there's lots of people that get credit. Give. I thought I would have to give credit to, but uh, two of the foundational pieces of of my the success of my career are Don Pernodal and Ivan Koloff because what we did from that first night in Dorton Arena um, was, which by the way, I'll throw this little fun part in there too. I think Crockett started having second thoughts because we, we we really didn't get there early enough to be able to get in the ring and work out a little bit. And Ivan talked him into still letting me do it. And all Ivan told me was, whatever you do, don't trip on the ropes getting in the ring. I thought, how hard could that be? Well, I found out how hard that could be. But, uh, <laughs> especially if you've never been in a ring before. But what Don and Ivan and I did for the next two or three months is we would get to the towns two or three hours early they would bump all over the ring before the matches and teach me the mechanics of wrestling. And, 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 and then Ivan would sit in my corner for a single or maybe a handicap match, you know, me against two guys, I would sit in their corner and, and, and watch, watch their match as the world tag champions. And then on the way home, we would then talk about the psychology of wrestling. So I learned the mechanics prior the psychology after the match each night. And, and so they get a ton of credit. Of course, Dusty gets a lot of credit. Once he did come in and get the book, you know, we, we worked at some angles against each other. And then obviously eventually the, the superpower angle, but, uh, and, and then just, I was so blessed guys. I mean, I got to get in the ring with Johnny Weaver, with Dory Funk Jr. I mean, some legends of the business that, that, that put me over that got in the ring with me, had incredible matches and, and, and put me over to, to help build that character into what it became. And you, you know what you had, you know, you kind of had the rocket strapped to you right away. And as mm-hmm. you're talking about, you know, with, with really no experience. Um, and when I was kind of just doing some research to, uh, to, you know, learn a little bit about your earlier uh, career in the, when you first started out, um, cause I was not, watching in 1985 or 1984 um but i think it was like 1988 when i started watching but um mm-hmm. the uh one of the things that i noticed was of course your uh great american bash 1985 it was just about a, a year, maybe 13 months after you started there you are against rick flair at the great american bash yeah, all, for the all, for the world yeah, title yeah. you know um, almost to the day. So, so picture, okay, here's a guy who's never had any training or background in wrestling of any kind. Mm-hmm. And within 13 months, I'd become the world tag team champion, the world six man champion. Yeah. I kind of glossed and now over I'm that. Wrestling, mm-hmm, yeah. And, and now I'm wrestling Ric Flair for the world heavyweight title. Of course, part of that story was we're going to take all the gold <gasps> back to Moscow. Right. Um, <laughs> I yeah, remember that. Sure. I was there. Yes, you were, Bill. I know you were. You were very. You were very uh, uh, in, uh, influential. Is the right word in helping all of this become a success. I mean, even some of your magazine shot, Bill, the the the, the cover shots and different things that you did. I, I just I have people send. I just today on Twitter, people send me a couple of your cover shots and and. Uh, he goes, you, this is the first magazine I ever, I ever bought. And you were on the cover, you know, so you were, you were very influential Thank in you. helping the success of my career as well. Thank so. you. So with, with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost to the day, a year, 
did you get, you know, nowadays everybody, if something like this, the, somebody like you were to come out today, everyone on the internet would go, oh, he's getting so much heat. He's getting so much heat in the locker room, you know, and there'd be all these rumors. Um, did you actually get any heat from anybody else? Did anyone look at you and go, why is this guy uh, in the main event against Ric Flair? You know, he's only been here a year. He wasn't really trained from before. Like, did you have any of that or was everybody pretty, pretty supportive? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you spent, if you spent any length of time around the wrestling business, which I know you had, um, <laughs> there was, was not just the, the main event at the first ever great American bash, but even matches leading up to that. And even matches after that, I mean, the mm-hmm. whole turn to, to, to become the superpowers with dusty, there was animosity all along the way. And Ivan, to his credit, uh, God rest his soul, Ivan, to his credit, was so inspirational and encouraging in regards to that. And, I, you know, if he said it once, he said it more than once. He said, Nikita, listen, don't let that bother you. You stay focused on your career and what you're doing and understand Yes, maybe you didn't pay your dues in a wrestling ring or in a, you know, in a high school gym or somewhere along, but you obviously paid your dues in other ways by taking care of your body, building it to what it became, and then becoming a student of this business that has led to your so accelerated success. And so don't let that bother you. Stay focused. So, yeah, there was great question. There was tons of that, lots of that. Good question. Great question, Josh. Mm-hmm. And putting putting myself into that dressing room area, I used to see, you know, that whole Crockett family was like one big family. There was an upper tier, of course, that got to use the the uh, his private plane, etc. But uh, it, I did see when you first started, a lot of the guys were like, you know, how come this guy's getting a, you know, what, what are they doing with this guy? Because everybody's vying for a spot. Tell us, take us to what was one of my favorite times to photograph and report on, and that was the Best of Seven series with Magnum TA. Oh, I can never forget that. You know what, Bill? It is the number one. When I go out and do autograph signings, it's typically the number one thing mentioned by the wrestling fan. I mean, they'll mention the flare match and the Great American Bash and the war games and you know, some of the other mad, the road warrior chain matches. I mean, they'll, they'll bring up some, but probably the number one most recognized or most mentioned is the best of seven against Magnetia. In fact, I was just with the guy recently uh, signing some autographs and he, and I don't know where he got it. He's going to give me uh, some copies at the end of the month, but he had uh, a printout, uh, an eight by 10 printout, with all the the dates and the results and everything like in one corner and then some of the pictures from some of those matches. And I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Wow. Get that. And yeah. And, and so I'm excited when I get, get back, uh, back to the States, he's going to give me a, some, some copies of that. But that said, that was certainly a part of the most memorable part of my career was was I loved working with Terry. Uh, we had, I felt great chemistry working with each other. The fans, uh, it was easy to draw the fans in. And, and we had similar snug styles of working. So from a 
believability standpoint. I, I used to hear fans say, go, I don't know about any of those other matches, but that match against Nikita Gold on the Mega Day was real. Oh my god. Yeah, right, right. You mean they yeah, weren't? And, well, know. you know, there was a couple <laughs> things there that might not have been, you know, but <laughs> but I just but, see um, from from the photography standpoint when I was around the ring shooting the pictures of that mat, those matches, and when you're talking about snug, that those matches to me were the finest. When you want somebody to watch professional wrestling, and you're not sure whether this is, uh, as they say, a shoot or a work, you two put on the finest exhibitions of what professional wrestling was supposed to look like. Well, and I appreciate it. Part of my goal, every night I stepped into the ring, a part of my goal was to give, I, I, I was like, you know, I don't know about any of the other matches. I don't know, you know, what the fans walked away saying, but part of my goal stepping into the ring was I want to make sure I give the fans their money's worth every night I step into the ring. So I'm going to give it my best effort, whether whether it's a 10-minute match or a, a one-hour Broadway, one-hour draw against Ric Flair. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it everything I have and give it my best. And I tried my best to do that each and every night, and, and including uh, those matches against Magnum. So, yeah, that oh, so okay. great. No, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, no, I was just, you were talking about uh, Magnum TA and um... – you know, one of the things that I, I think we had one of the fans of the show uh, had sent you a tweet about this because we'd asked her some questions. Um, and I, I believe you, you had answered this already on Twitter, but I wanted to ask you, uh, Magnum TA, aside from obviously um, your feud with him, uh, when he was involved in his, his car accident, which ended his career, um, that kind of was a... a, a a turning point for you because you ended up replacing, or at least the, the rumor is that you ended up replacing him um, with Dusty Rhodes. So mm -hmm. uh, do you think, do you think that you would have, and I, I can't remember what you had, had responded to this before, so I apologize for asking again, but uh, do you think that you would have turned face? Do you think that it would have happened when it happened? Um, do you think, any of that would have happened down the line had you or had, had Magnum TA not been in that accident? It's a great question. I, my initial thoughts would be, it certainly would not have happened at that particular time. If, if I was going to turn babyface at some time, that would not have been the time to do it. Um, right. You know, I've got this, you've got a ton of heat on me as, as a heel Magnum's being groomed as the, as the, uh, you know, as the next, really the next world champion. Yes. Uh, uh, that really was the path he was on. And, and of course him and Dusty working together as America's team and all of that. So, so that just would have continued on. I believe my career as a heel would have continued on. Um, someone, I forget who it was recently had shared with me. They said uh, they were talk talking with, uh, they used to travel with Dusty when he was on the creative team in, in the WWE and, and said, Hey, that, that, that angle with Nikita becoming your partner as the superpowers. I got to tell you, they said, they said, 
that was either the most brilliant move in in, in wrestling ever, or, or or could have could have turned out to be the one of the worst moves. You know, I, I forget exactly how they said, but you get the point. They, right. they thought that could have been a, a, an a, absolute disaster, especially for Nikita's career. But of course, as it works out, it it, it was a brilliant move. Um, and so I don't know if I would have ever turn baby face because I mean, to my knowledge, Bill, you may know better than I, you know, was there ever a baby, a Russian baby face prior to that? No. And probably to be honest, there was no reason to do that. Had they, because you would have been the, uh, had Magnum won the world title, Nikita Koloff would have probably been first in line for the title shots as well. Yeah. Yeah, So I don't think it would have made sense. Yeah, yeah, the feuds would have continued on. So, so no, I don't know that I ever would have had the experience of wrestling as a babyface, and certainly, certainly it would not have happened. Oh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm hearing in my head, you have to give me a Magnum TA, please. <laughs> you mean you mean maggot TA, maggot TA, maggot TA. Oh, no, Maganum. Ma- yeah. <laughs> um, so let's move now to the special moment of you and. The milk and dream dusty roads together, baby, as the superpowers. Yeah, yeah. that's right, baby. Son of a plumber from Austin, Texas, baby. If you will. Um, by the way, are you following what his son Cody is doing currently? I I, I, I am. I am. Uh, just in the, in the last uh, six, eight months, I've uh, been kind of keeping an eye on, on what he's doing and, and, uh, I don't know about this whole American nightmare thing. I may have to challenge him on that. There's only one <laughs> oh. nightmare, and that's 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 the Russian nightmare. He may want to stick with the whole American dream theme. I'm just saying. You heard it here <laughs> first. Cody Rhodes versus maybe 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 that's the uh, mystery the mystery opponent for uh, Double that or Nothing. Be, yeah. That might be. Yeah. So let's that's take right. it now. We have the Crockett Cup. Jim Crockett Promotions comes up with this great idea for the Crockett Cup. And in the uh, uh, in the end, on the, the first version of this, uh, it's you and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, winning the Crockett Cup. And the National Wrestling Alliance has announced now that after ages and ages that Billy Cargan and uh, Dave Lagana uh, have announced that they're bringing the Crockett Cup back and you are involved. Tell us about it. I am. I, I was excited to... Uh talk with, uh, with Dave Lagana and about the possibilities of, of maybe being one to, to hand that trophy to the winner, uh, having uh, won it in 1987 when Dusty and I, as the superpowers, won the, the Crockett Cup. And I think it's, a, again, just a brilliant idea to you know bring it full circle back around and the fans, uh, from what I can tell, uh, just uh, in response to social media and are, are eating it up and and I have to say this I'm really excited about the whole idea what the Billy Corgan's doing with the, the the trying to reestablish the tradition of the NWA as an organization you know a, a wrestling body if you will and and uh, the NWA heavyweight champion and who knows perhaps uh, perhaps the NWA tag team belts will show up on the scene again one day but um just that whole idea of reestablishing. And I say that because 
I know again from all my years of travels doing lots and lots of autograph signings over the years and, and feedback from the fans that, you know, the WWE is always going to be there, right? I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the starship up there and, and space galactica, okay? But there's always room for competition, and, and the fans are hungry, as they have said to me over and over again, that golden era of wrestling that you were a part of, we'd love to see something like that again. And so if these guys really stick to it uh, and, and stay on that path, I think they're going to do extremely well. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. And who knows? I may be part of more than just the Crockett Cup. We'll have to see. Time will tell. I would like to see this. Uh, A question out of nowhere here, because originally billed from Russia, uh, Rusev, have you seen him uh, from when he started in in WWE? I've I've not. I've heard, you know, I've heard about him, heard about him and, 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 uh, uh, you know, his ma- I've never actually seen a match of his. I've just heard quite a bit about him. Um, I only asked because compared. somebody, I only yeah. asked because somebody had said, oh, this guy's like a new Nikita Koloff. So, well, and that's uh, what I've I just, heard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like a modern day, yeah, a modern day version. Yep. I've heard that same thing. Before mm-hmm. we let you go, please tell us about your other passion, uh, your relationship with God. Yeah, it's really the, the foundation of at this juncture of life and, and what I'm doing and, and is full-time ministry. In fact, I'm calling you guys today from uh, Maui, Hawaii, where I am visiting my newest grandbaby. Uh, my daughter, Kendra, and her, her husband, Brandon, had their first child, Monroe Grace. Oh, congratulations. So I'm out here, and then I'm, I'm – well, thank you. And I'm actually flying over to Oahu. Uh, this afternoon, I'll be doing a men's breakfast Saturday morning, and then and then preaching on Sunday morning there and on the island. First time on that island, um, and and men's ministry I'm very heavily involved. Lex Luger is a partner with me in a new launch of a men's ministry later this spring, um, actually right after the Crockett Cup tag team tournament. But that that is uh, uh, was a transformation of my life after I left wrestling uh, in 19, you know, tail end of 1992, beginning 1993, that, you know, I just found myself, I had not had much of a church background or upbringing, but I found myself at an altar, 17 October, 1993, having given my life to the Lord. And then the doors just began to fling wide open to begin to preach and minister to people in now 20 28 different countries and just all over the world. And it's been amazing. And you know, I appreciate you. Let me share a little bit of that story because that's kind of the, the whole foundation of, of who I am and what I do now, even with my involvement in wrestling, whatever that looks like in the future, you know, it's still, a, it's all a part of it. I'm so, anxious to see that, that Nikita Koloff come yeah. back somehow. I, here, uh, really, huh? I have a question. Um, and this kind of goes along <laughs> with the fact that, that, um, with your, uh, you know, with, with finding religion and everything, um, you were a relatively, you retired at a relatively young age, especially by the standards today of, of, you know, a lot of people in the business who are still, you know, still active like a Chris Jericho mm-hmm. or somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously wrestling had this huge boom that, that is, you know, referred to as the attitude era. Um, but of course, even prior to that, WCW, which is where, you know, you were in the early nineties, 
WCW in the mid nineties to mid to late nineties really had a boom as well. Um, a lot of that attitude stuff, I'm, I, I would assume wouldn't really kind of mesh with where your life, uh, took you. Um, but did you ever wish or, or consider being a part of, in some way, being a part of that time period, that Monday night wars time period? Uh, do you ever wish that you were a part of that? Great question. Um, you know, I've, I've had similar questions like that posed to me over the years, you know, cause I, cause truthfully I walked away right before all the, you know, as well as the that explosion on the financial piece of it, I walked away before the, you know, the multi-million, like Lex, Lex Luger likes to say, you know, I went from making thousands to making multiple millions of dollars and, mm-hmm. and I walked away from all of that. And so that's part of what people ask as well, man, you could have made so much money and, and all of that. And I have zero uh, regrets for walking away that the time timing in which I did, because I walked away under my own terms mm-hmm. and looking back now uh, you're probably right. I, I, I didn't, really watch much or if at all any of of that era but i saw enough and or heard enough to know boy it would have really compromised my faith to be a part of that Mm -hmm. um and so i truly believe that part of the the destiny for me part of the journey and the destiny for me uh was to walk away when i did and and have the encounter that i had in 1993 uh, that month of October, because, and how wrestling ties into that, I say it this way, you know, what did I do in wrestling? I flew on airplanes, I rented cars, I stayed in hotels, I talked to microphones in front of cameras, I entertained crowds for a living. Well, I'm not entertaining crowds anymore, but I am flying on airplanes, renting cars, staying in hotels, <laughs> talking to microphones yeah. in front of cameras. So if you want to say in this sense, it was a divine setup by, by the Lord, by opening that door of wrestling, which I had never expected or anticipated. And it was training ground for the ultimate call on my life, yeah. which was to, you know, go out and, and share the good news of the gospel. So no regrets, and you, zero regrets on leaving when I did. You know, and you say that you're not entertaining now, but I, I'm, I'm sure that's not entirely true because, you know, when you're any form of public speaking, uh, if you really want to engage the person you're speaking to, I'm sure that the what you learned in wrestling has allowed you to be a more engaging public speaker, as well. Well, and yeah, and, well, yes, 100 percent true, and, and that's true. And when I say entertaining, I'm not you know, trying to put on a performance or, or just get right. a laugh out of people. Now, yes, I'll interject some humor into my my sermons, into my messages, or into in, in, to, depending on the the audience and who I'm talking to, whether it's young youth in a in a in a high school gym or 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 you know men on a, on a you know, on a men's ministry event or something of that nature or a Sunday morning. So yes, I will incorporate you know s- some humor, but again to that point, all of that training that I had from wrestling certainly did help me become more i liked how you said it more engaging with the audience and and bringing across uh the ultimate message that that i'm i feel i'm supposed to bring on that particular day so yeah all right Um, well i just want to say as as somebody who 
uh, did grow up watching you and then did kind of always wonder what had happened to you just as a wrestling, as a young wrestling fan. Um, this has been a real honor for me to get to talk to you and I'm very happy to see uh, where you are in your life now. So thank you so much uh, for me personally and I'm sure Bill um, would like to thank you as well. If Bill's still here, I don't know. I think something happened to Bill. Um, so well, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll wrap this up. But um, I guess you get to wrap it up, Josh. But yeah. well, and and to you and Bill both again, I'm very uh, honored by the opportunity just to be able to share just a, a little bit of my story and 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 really kind of on on a wrestling note, uh, as I said. You know, I don't know, you know, the, with the, my involvement with the Crockett Cup and, and, the, and the NWA, you know, where else that potentially could go. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I am excited at, at the possibilities. Got a few creative ideas that I'll throw out there and, and see where that might lead. So the fans can uh, just kind of be hanging, hang, hang with me for right now on the edge there and, and see if it leads to anything more. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much. And I am going to go try and find what happened to Bill and how he got disconnected here. But uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Hey, thank you, guys. And I appreciate it. To all the fans out there, I look forward to hopefully one day crossing paths with you, and and if I haven't already, and and, uh, taking a picture, signing an autograph, or just getting a handshake. And and Josh, hopefully one day we'll get the opportunity to – to uh, shake hands and uh, and meet face to face. Absolutely, I'd love that. All right, All right, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Uh, well, that was uh, an awesome interview with Nikita Koloff, and thank you again for being there. Wait and a minute, folks. I, just, uh, I have I have Bill back on the line. Yeah. No, I am back. So what happened is my uh, my computer had the uh, the blue screen of death. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that before. Um, but we were we were worried sick about you. Um, Whoa. But, well, uh, thank you. That's- but it was great. At the, at the end of it, uh, Nikita had the opportunity to tell everybody uh, his true feelings about you. And, uh, you know. Oh, just, confidence. Uh, no, but uh, honestly, it was, uh, uh, in all seriousness, it was an awesome. Now, wait interview. a minute. He just tweeted me while yeah. we're taping this. Hang on a minute. No, not tweeted me. He instant messaged me. Oh um, let me know when this will air so I can help promote it. So make sure you send Nikita a tweet tonight uh, when we're when we go on the pod waves. Okay. I mean, I I, I definitely was going to anyway. But thank you for and me and know. he also said thank you uh, and thank Josh too and look forward to seeing you at WrestleCon. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely looking forward to uh, to seeing him at WrestleCon. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing all of you after chatters at WrestleCon. We have a booth, a table, a uh, an area um, presented by the after chat. Uh, Bill will be there. I will be there. Um, and we really we're going to be there both days of WrestleCon, and we're really looking forward to meeting all of you after chatters. Um, Bill, any thoughts on that? I understand also uh, Mac Davis, who is the uh, uh, the sponsor of uh, Smarthold of our show. Mm-hmm. He will be there, and a lot of lot of uh, high level guests will be passing by uh, and stopping at our 
table. And I will have my books on sale, an entire package. So if you don't have my book, it's Wrestling Fix. I didn't know it was broken. You can find out there. And uh, we're just going to have a we're going to have a grand old time. More details on our next after chat. And you can follow me on Twitter at after one wrestling. That's the number one, not the word. Yes, and you can follow the show at The After Chat on Twitter, Facebook.com slash The After Chat. You can go over to YouTube.com slash The After Chat. Make sure to also go to OneWrestlingVideo.com to check out uh, Bill's videos on there. Um, you can find me at So Says Chernoff. Um, you can go to TheAfterChat.com to check out our show, check out our merch, get Bill's book. Um, and you can also go to so sosayschernoff.com to check out my show on Fight TV uh, and some of my own unique merch. Um, and uh, yeah, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, listen, if you guys follow me, do me a favor. Try and find my YouTube page because I'm trying to get up to uh, uh, like 100 subscribers so that I can get youtube.com slash sosayschernoff. Uh, so, you know, do me a favor if you feel kind and, and want to um we'll have some cool interviews on there also at wrestlecon we'll talk about this more but i will be filming uh some scenes for my show so says sure enough on fight at wrestlecon um and i'll have some of my shirts there and uh i'll also be encouraging people to buy bill's book so all right. well i certainly yeah. hope so i certainly hope so of course. <laughs> all right that's as they say like that's a wrap yeah and i, I think and i feel like it's the only rap we really need no, I, I think so. We'll see you at the matches. <laughs> <laughs>